want to talk about what love looks like. Say it with me, what love looks like. Have you ever wondered what love looks like? Luke tip chapter. I'm going to be reading out of the uh, New American Standard uh, Bible, if you don't mind. It doesn't matter, you know, you can follow me along in the King James, that's fine. Verse 25 says, Behold, a lawyer stood up and put him to the test, saying, Teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And he said unto him, what is written in the law? How does it read to you? And he answered, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and your neighbor as yourself. Verse 28, and he said unto him, you have answered correctly. Do this and you will live. But wanting to justify himself, he should have left good enough alone. You know how sometimes we can just keep on talking and put our foot in the mouth? Should have left it alone. Say with me, he should have left it alone. But wanting to justify himself, he said to Jesus, and who is my neighbor? And Jesus replied and said, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho, and he encountered robbers, and they stripped him and beat him. And went away leaving him half dead. And by coincidence, a priest was going down on that road. And when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. What did he do? He passed by on the other side. What did he do? Likewise, a Levi also, when he came to the place and saw him, passed on to the other side. What did he do? But a Samaritan who was on a journey came upon him, and when he saw him, he felt compassion. What did he feel? And came to him and bandaged up his wound, pouring oil and wine on him, and put him on his own animal and brought him to an inn and took care of him. And on the next day, he took out two denarius and gave him, gave them to the, the innkeeper and said, take care of him, and whatever more you spend when I return, I will repay you. Which of these three do you think proved to be a neighbor to the man who fell into the robber's hands? Verse 37 said, and he said, the one who showed compassion to him, then Jesus said to him, go and do the same. The Lord has blessed to the reason to hear his most small doers of his holy word. What does love look like? Let me back it up, back that thing up and, and talk a little bit. Jericho was a priestly city. No less than 12,000 priests lived there who would frequently pass that way to minister in the temple. It was a city of palm trees. About 18 miles from Jericho, uh, Jerusalem and 6 miles from Jordan. And this is the extent of the help of religious people who are bound by forms and rituals. Which cannot be broken even to save a life. And these did two things. Looked on 
and passed by on the other side. They either looked on or they passed by on the other side. Under the pretense of avoiding legal pollution, a merciful, compassionate, and godly man would have saved his life regardless of the pollution, knowing the, uh, prov the provision was made for him to become clean again. And so Jesus showed the superiority of, of the gospel over the law, teaching us to reject any religion or law that would neglect a deed of mercy. So you know what I found out? All humans find it difficult to live up to what we espouse intellectually. Have you ever noticed? We can talk Bible. But we can't live Bible. Have you ever noticed we can talk forgiveness, but we find it hard to forgive? Have you ever noticed that we can talk love, but when it comes to showing love and giving love, we, we, we show up lacking? Have you noticed that we can talk like a Christian, but it's hard to live like one, to be a Christ-like? Are you following me? We can talk about supporting the less fortunate, but we find ways to say, well, you know, I got something else I got to do and take care of. We can talk giving, but when it comes to giving, then we, well, I don't know, maybe that's a little bit too, I can't afford to do this or that or the other. We can talk sacrifice, but when it comes to doing sacrifice, we can talk about building up others, but when it comes to building somebody else, we would rather build ourselves up. We can talk about being truthful, but we find ourselves not telling the truth. We talk about good habits, but we still fall into those bad habits that we've been carrying around all this time. We can talk about exercise, but we still make excuses why we hadn't got out there on the track yet. Oh, I'm glad y'all got y'all dancing early. We can talk about eating right, but every time we see you, you got them chips in your mouth. We can talk about growing spiritually, but you don't come to eat when the table is spread. You talk about church, but you can't find yourself coming when you need to be here. So today we talk a whole lot about love. When it comes to showing love, we're lacking. So, <laughs> I come to find out that it's very difficult to live up to what we espouse intellectually. Listen, intellectually we can tell you every, people tell you, listen, I can tell you better than I can show you. Intellectually, you sound good. On paper, you sound good. But when it comes to putting up, showing up, following up, we can't find you. But when it comes to living up to what we talk about, we fall short. 
Intellectually, we can talk about it. Intellectually, we can discuss it. We can debate about it. We can philosophize over it. But it is very difficult to live up to it. R. Kent Hughes says, love for people or the lack of it reveals the quality and the effectiveness of the philosophy we hold. And from a biblical perspective, our love for people is even more revealing because it actually indicates the authenticity and health of our relationship with God. You tell me, how in the world can you say you love God who you never seen? And you can't love your brother who you see on a consistent basis every day. How can you say you love God and you marry somebody that you say you want to be with for the rest of your life and then the things get a little hot and you got the colossal nerve to say, I hate you. But yet you go right and turn around and say, oh, I just love the Lord. That's right, baby. So for before us today is a familiar story. It is a story about kindness, generosity. It's a story about uh, sacrifice. It is a response to a question raised by a lawyer. And so I got five points and I'm going to sit down. Number one, real love does not discriminate. Say that with me. Real love does not discriminate. Now, we find that in verses 31, 32, and 33, where it says a priest happened to be going down the same road, and when he saw the man, he passed by on the other side. So, too, a Levi, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. But verse 33, look what it says. But a Samaritan, as he traveled, came where the man was, and when he saw him, he took pity on him. Now, let me see if I got this right, y'all. So the priest and the Levite came by and kept going. Is that what you understand that to be? I was just making sure I was reading it right. So, priests, let's deal with you first. Preachers. The one who goes to God on the behalf of the people. How can he act like he does not see this man in distress. Perhaps he didn't wanna, want someone to see him helping a man that's an outcast. Oh, that's your problem. You don't want to be seen with somebody that you think the other folk don't want to be around. So now you uppity. You, uh-huh, you done got bougie. You, you don't want to be around them, nobody no more. It's getting quieter in here. And then here's the Levite, a member of the Hebrew tribe of Levi, especially of that part of it which uh, provided assistance to the priest in the worship in the Jewish temple. So they was kind of like uh, the musicians. They were the one to get everything prepared. And so 
They should have had a close relationship with God. Who wrote the CBS newsman came home late one night after putting on the CBS uh, late news and was let off by a taxi at his home on east side of New York. And so he stepped away from the cab for a scuffy looking youth surrounded him and said, give us your money. And he did. And then one of them took a pistol and beat him over the head. And so Rudd fell into the gutter just a few steps from his home. And for seven hours on that fashionable east side of New York, he laid on that street. And he was semi-conscious. And a whole parade of people went by. Milkman, people coming home from parties, people going out on, uh, to work on an early ship. And as they passed by him, he kept saying, help me, help me. And they would shrug and look the other way. And so his wife, worried sick, finally called the police. And they came and found him at 7 the next morning. All those people that saw that man in distress passed by him. And I'll get it. But some of you all said, well, you know, I, I'm just going to mind my business. And they tell me, I, how many of y'all from New York in here? How many of y'all from New York? Okay, we got some New Yorkers in here. I, I'm not trying to offend nobody. But they say in New York, you know, they're kind of cold. You speak to them, they don't say nothing to you. Don't, they, they said, don't speak to me. Don't even, look, don't even make eye contact with me. Y'all some cold folk up there. <laughs> Literally cold, you know what But real love has no respect a person. Real love does not Discriminate. Are you following? Number two, real love is willing to take a risk. Say that with me. Real love is willing to take a risk. There was the risk of criticism and ridicule. There was a racial divide 400 years. We understand this. He could have been uh, seen, they, they could have seen him differently, reason why they passed by. He had uh, been the, the, the brunt end of jokes. Uh, he probably had experienced discrimination. So Jesus' day, the, the hatred was ingrained and utterly implacable. And the rabbi said, let no man eat the bread of the Kurites, which is the Samaritans, for he who eats their bread is as he who eats swine flesh. So it was a law or custom that you have no dealings with the Samaritans. Our people have experienced this. 
where somebody does not like you because of what they have been taught. Look how y'all looking at me. And so the ultimate insult came in the arson lace, uh, arsenic lace uh, Jewish prayer that concluded like this. It says, and do not remember the Samaritans in the resurrection. Now, this was common knowledge in that day. And to add to this fact, in Jesus' day, some Jewish travelers had been murdered in Samaria, Samaria, and that was some Samaritans had defiled the temple with human bones. And you can begin to imagine the shock of Jesus introducing Samaritans not as a villain, but as a hero. Indeed, if the Jews in the story was not have dead, he would probably push away the loathsome Samaritan as Jews were forbidden to receive acts of kindness from Samaritans. You couldn't even be kind to each other. You looked at one another with disdained eyes and you say, I cannot associate with them. <laughs> And so from this parable, we learn three principles about loving our neighbor. Number one, lack of love is often easy to justify even though it is never right. That's not in your notes. But number two, our uh, neighbor is anyone of any race or creed or social background who is in need. And number three, love means acting to meet the need. Where, wherever you live, there are needy people close by. There's no good rationale for refusing to help somebody in need. And so there was a deep, deep-seated hatred between Jews and Samaritans. Something kind of like what we got going on now. Maybe not among you or your people, but and some folk, this is learned behavior in their homes. Where they teach Blacks to hate whites and whites to hate blacks. Oh, I'm going to talk about it. This ain't nothing new. This is learned behavior. Because children don't have that problem until we start teaching them. They'll play with any, any nationality. They'll play with any color. They'll play with whoever until the parent pull them aside and say, now nah, listen, you don't want to be playing with them too much. Well, why, Daddy? That's my friend. He's my friend. No, he's not your friend. You see him, he looks different than you. And what the children are saying, love don't have no color. Are y'all here? And so the Jews saw themselves as pure descendants of Abraham, while the Samaritans were a mixed race produced with Jews from the northern kingdom intermarried with other people after Israel exile. And that was forbidden. They started, Jews started intermingling and marrying, and so they looked at them as half-breeds. And so to this lawyer, the person least likely to act correctly would be the Samaritan. In fact, 
he could not bear to say Samaritan in the answer to Jesus' question. The lawyer's attitude betrayed his lack of love, which he had earlier said the law commanded. And so we see that what was taught as law, as a ritual that you could not be polluted by being around these type of people. Why? Because of their makeup. But we see here that this type of love, my God, took a risk. This Samaritan could have gotten beat up, could have gotten killed trying to help somebody that did not like him. How many people have you worked for that did not even like you? <laughs> and you wind up making them look good even though they didn't like you. What they didn't realize is that you carried the blessing that was on you. And the only reason why that place is blessed like it is is because you are there. In slavery days, a lot of those places, those plantations, the only reason why it kept going is because you had some blessed folk that was out there singing and talking to the Lord and working and praying. And that's the reason why it kept going is because they made them look good. America got built off of free labor. Y'all don't want to talk with me. Let me go to my next point. I'm about to get in trouble now. I'm about done. Number three, I'm halfway there. Real love is not concerned about its own comfort. Say that with me. Real love is not concerned about its own comfort. Look at verse 34. It says, and when he went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine, then he put the man on his own donkey. It's like him putting him in his own car back then. Took him to an inn. Took him to a resort. And took care of him. Had no dealers, no kin, no blood to this person. But he had compassion for someone that was half dead. Do y'all see that? So he rendered aid and placed him on his beast and he walked so that it, the injured person could recover. I'm telling you, real love does not have concern about its own comfort. It's concern about other people more than itself. You remember the Bible said, esteem others higher than yourself. This is an unselfish love. Are oh, you following me? I really don't want to keep you long. Number four. Ooh, what you going to do early today? Real love does not consider the cost. 
Say that with me, real love does not consider the cost. We're trying to tell you what love looked like. Verse 35 said, the next day he took out about two coins, two silver coins, and gave them to the innkeeper. And look after him, he said, and when I return, I will reimburse you for any extra expense you may have. Now, this is real love, ladies and gentlemen. You don't even consider the cost. Because some of us, if we would have saw the man there, we would say, wait, now, wait, hold up. Now, this is all I'm going to pay you. The, the rest of it is going to be on him. Not a dime more. Some of us probably wouldn't even go back past that way to check on it. So two silver coins was enough to feed this man for about 24 hours. Are you following? So it fit for about 24 hours. And so his love is demonstrated by his willingness to bear all the costs. He said, I'm going to take care of everything because I love you. And that's how Christ loves me. So my question is, how is your love demonstrated? I want to ask you that question, ladies and gentlemen. Can you look up here at me? How is your love demonstrated? That's my main question I want to ask y'all today. How is your love? I know you can talk love. I seen some love demonstrated last night. But how is your love demonstrated? Ladies and gentlemen, I am a blessed man. And, 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 and uh, I won't sit here and argue with you or debate about it. I'm just going to go and tell you, I am a blessed man. Warren Buffett, one of the richest men in the entire world, one of them, he said, you want to know the key to success. And everybody just thinking what it would be the key to success, you know, be around other people who are rich so I can get richer. The key to success is, you know, uh, going to school and having knowledge and this and that and other. And, and everything they could think of, nope, none of that, none of that, none of that. He said, you want to know what the key to success is? He said, the key to success is to be married to the right person. Now listen, now don't y'all start no trouble. Come on. Now I know some of y'all, oh yes, I met you double say, man, I need to get rid of this joker right now. I need to get, I need to kick her to the curb right now, because I don't think I'm married to the right person. Nah, 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 nah. Don't start no trouble in here now. But he said the key to success is to be married to the right person. I'm telling y'all, I found the key to success. I am married to the right person. Who, who, who that said that? How many of y'all with me on that? How many, how many with me on that? Now, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not saying that we perfect. Everything has been all of that all the time. But most of the time, it's good. But let me tell you. I'm married to the right person because this woman makes me better. And, and watch this. I know what my responsibility is. My, 
my responsibility is to take care of her, love her like Christ loved the church, gave himself for the church. And my responsibility is to provide and make sure everything is good and this and that and the other. But watch this. What she brings to the table makes all of our lives much more easier. She helps causes the spillover in our lives. We have what we have because she's not one that sits and always thinking about herself. She gets out, she works, she comes home, she cooks. I'm telling you, let me tell you something, that's an awesome woman. She, she still, after four, almost 42 years this year, 42 years be married, she still fixed my plate, she still cooks. She, listen, I'm married to the right person. And yes, she can get what she wants because whatever she brings to the table it's extra in the house because I'm supposed to take care of everything anyway. So this awesome woman of God made my life so much. I'm married to the right person. Somebody ought to say they're married to the right person. And not only that, but we work together as a team. Yeah, they say teamwork make the dream work. Well, I'm living on a dream, baby. Huh? Because she makes life easier by being the woman of God that she is. She knows what she's supposed to be doing in the relationship. I know what I'm supposed to be doing in a relationship. One, it's one thing to know it, but it's another thing to do it. So we've been working on doing it close to 42 years. This year will be 40, 42nd year. So I thank, thank God for your first lady. You're an awesome woman of God. Awesome. She don't just talk love. She demonstrate love. Hallelujah. Amen. And you want somebody with the whole package. Not just good in bed. You want somebody the whole package. <laughs> Hallelujah. We got some young folks in here. I can't say what I want to say, but. Because as you get older, the bedtime gets shorter. Some of y'all know what I'm talking about. If you built it only on bedtime, you in trouble. You can't build it only on just bed. Now, don't, 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 don't misunderstand me now. The bedtime is great now. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Make it speak in your heavenly language. I'm telling you right now. But I'm telling you the bedtime gets shorter. All right, and I'm going to tell you something else. Them features are going to change. If you just married beauty, you are in trouble. 
if you just married Hampson and the chest all out, stomach in, and he got that swag and bowlet, you in trouble. You better marry somebody that's balanced, somebody that's got it going on, not just features. Fred lady look good, but she know how to take care of me. She know how to cook. She knows how to figure out stuff. She know how to carry on when I can't go. I'm telling you, I married the package. How many brothers in here married the whole package? How many of you got you a woman that you know she can carry that thing on? She, she wear your name real good. Give a high five and tell her, baby, thank you for wearing my name real good. Thank you, thank you for wearing my name real good. Thank you. Thank you. Hallelujah. Now, I, but I, see, I said I was going to go ahead and try to finish this. Y'all got me caught up in that right there. Hallelujah. Because, you know, I'm thinking what the Lord said. When a man findeth a wife, he findeth a good thing. Now, hold on. He didn't just say a woman. He didn't just say a floozy. He didn't say a one-night wonder. He didn't say no chicken head. Wait, wait. Huh? Huh? No husband, no none of that, none of that, no, uh. No, 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 no night woman. No, no. He said a wife. Hallelujah. And girl, when you come to God, you I'm telling you, God gonna teach you how to be a wife material. When you come to God. See, when you ain't in God, you don't know how to be no wife material. You come to God, you know how to be wife material. Hallelujah. Man, let me tell you something. These brothers, they, they ain't got good sense. Listen, if you had any sense, you'll be, you'll be over here at the winning church shopping. Not for groceries. These women over here learning their worth. They are women of worth. They're learning who they are in God and what they want to do. They're learning how to be a total woman of God. Man, you better run up in here. Because he didn't find it a wife, found it a good thing. Let me ask you, how many brothers got your good thing with you today? I got my good thing with me today. And not only that, he didn't leave us there, Deke. He said, and obtain a favor with the Lord. So since I got her, I got favor with the Lord. Since you got your wife there, you got favor with the Lord. Girl, you got in the sense, you better stay with him because he got favor with the Lord. Stay with your favorite man, girl. Don't let nobody talk to you about your favorite man. He ain't perfect, but don't let the, don't let, the, listen, don't highlight all the negatives. He got so many positives. Quit highlighting the negatives. 
You learn how to situate the positive, the negatives will start coming up. I done messed up again. I, I'm on my last one. I just asked a question. How do you demonstrate love? How's your love demonstrated? You talk that. But love looks like what you demonstrate. Let me ask you ladies then. Is he demonstrating love like he should? Okay, all right. I just want to ask now. I ain't trying to start no trouble. Let me ask one more time. Is he demonstrating love like he should? All right. All right. If he's not sending the men talk, he ain't demonstrating love like he should. Send him the men talk. When we get done with him, he'll be demonstrating it. Send him the men talk. Hallelujah. I think after the day, he's going to do a little better. And then finally, number five, real love is committed to the well-being of others. Say that with me. Real love is committed to the well-being of others. It always wants the best for others. That's real love. Scriptures call to love our neighbors as ourselves gives us a way of testing our relationship with God. It delivers us from an infatuation with the idea that we are lovers of God when we are not. Our relationship with fellow human beings validates or invalidates our claim to know and love God. It is interesting that Jesus does not say in the parable that Jews ought to love all people, even Samaritans. Instead, he does a more shocking thing. He uses the unclean Samaritan as an example of what neighborly love is. Because Samaritans were considered to be unclean. The Samaritan demonstrated his love in a practical way. This is not a call to perfection. No, only Jesus totally loved God and his neighbor as himself. So he does not call us to be perfect, but he called us to have compassion. Only Jesus was con cons uh, consistently merciful to everyone who claimed his way. But it is a call to consider whether in our relationship there is evidence that we love God. Are we merciful? Are we truly compassionate with others? If we characteristically pass by those who are in distress physically, economically, or socially, we are probably not Christians. Are we forgetting? If not, if you're not forgiving, we are very likely outside the grace of God. Matthew 5 and 7 says, Blessed are the merciful, for they will obtain or be shown mercy. Are you following me? And so he was not saying that one 
can merit God's mercy by performing acts of mercy, but rather that those who are truly God's children and as such are objects of his mercy will themselves be merciful and so will receive mercy in the end. Showing mercy to one's neighbor is evidence of having received mercy. We claim to actually know Christ. We claim that Christ is in us and that we are in him. We claim that through uh, residing in a spiritual dead world, we are regenerated, born again, alive. We wear it on our foreheads and sometimes, uh, and some of us, we wear it on our sleeves. We claim to have Christ, the only person who ever fully loved God with all his being and his neighbor as himself in our hearts. But as we have seen in the parable, we, we, if we really do not have Christ within us, we will be loving and merciful to our neighbors, those who meet, uh, we meet alone on the road of life. Can you say amen? And so the text concludes with this challenge. Go and do likewise. Would you look down your road and tell everybody, go and do likewise. Yes, we've heard of this story of the Samaritan, how the Samaritan had mercy on somebody that they never seen before. A lot of times we don't want to help people if we don't know who they are and we've never crossed paths and we think that they're trying to get something out of us uh, because they see and have sized us up and they're looking at us strange. And sometimes when we are in the community, we pass by those who are on the street and look like they're dirty and look like they have ill repute and look like they've been kicked out of life and we pass by and sometimes we don't have compassion. Now, I'm not saying that we're supposed to help everybody that's on the street, but have you ever took the opportunity to pray and say, God, is this the person you want me to help today? Sometimes you got to ask God, hey God, uh, today I'm going on my way, but wherever I go, I want you to use me in an unusual way. Uh, but what you got to understand, uh, if you love God, prove it. Would you tell somebody, if you love God, I need you to prove it. So what does love look like? I'm glad you asked. Love looks like patience. Yes, you just can't give up on everybody uh, all the time. You can't just give up the first time you ask, you tell somebody to do something that you know that they are not in their rightful place, but you trying to help them and they didn't do what you told them to do and you give up on them. No love look like patience. Can you say amen? Yes, love looks like kindness. Yes, loves look like generosity, not envy. Love looks like praise, putting others before yourself and not boasting yourself. When was the last time you put somebody else before yourself? It's so easy to take care of yourself before somebody else because you feel like you don't have what the other person already got. Well, I don't care where you are in life. You might be here, here, or there, or there. But if you're here and you're trying to move up here, you don't act like you don't care about the folk that are down under you. Can you say amen? 
Yes, what love looks like, love will praise other people before they praise itself. Love looks like appreciation for someone else and not proud. Love looks like honor and does not dishonor others. Love looks like uh, love is looks like unselfishness, not self-seeking. Love looks like pleasure, good behavior, easy. Easily, uh-huh, not easily angered. Uh, can you say amen? Love look like forgiveness, not keeping a record of wrong. Now, some of you, you try to keep record of what somebody else done. Uh, but you got to learn how to forgive and not bring it up. Uh, you might not forget it, but you don't have to bring it up every time you get in a heated discussion or intense fellowship. Y'all don't want to hear me in here. Love looks like truth and not delight in evil. Now, love looks like protection. Now, love looks like truth. Love looks like hope. Love looks like perseverance. Love looks like understanding. Love looks like success. Love looks like grace. Love looks like mercy. Love looks like God, love looks like Jesus, love looks like power, that power that comes from the Holy Ghost, can you say amen, if you love God, I need you to prove it, if you love God, you need to keep his commandments, if you love God, you need to demonstrate it, if you love God, you need to show it, if you love God, you need to it. If you love God, you need to confirm it. If you love God, you need to substantiate it. If you love God, you need to corroborate it. If you love God, you need to validate it. If you love God, you need to verify it. If you love God, you need to stop looking at folks down your nose and acting like you, everybody else is beneath you and you the best thing since sliced bread. Can you say amen? If God had not been on your side, you'd have done something to yourself long time ago because some of you thought about throwing in the towel many times in your life, but it was the grace of God that kept you here. Can you say amen? I know I deserve punishment, but thank God for his mercy. I got mercy on my life. I know he loves me because he got mercy on my life. Will you tell somebody this is what mercy looked like? Because God loves me. I should have been dead sleeping in my grave. But God had mercy. But God had grace. Can you say amen? And since he demonstrated his love toward me, the least I can do is demonstrate my love toward my brothers and sisters. Demonstrate my love in my own home. Demonstrate my love with my wife and children. Demonstrate my love with the brothers and sisters in the Lord. Can you say amen? I'm glad he showed me what real love looked like. 
Real love became ugly so that we can look good. Real love became bloody on that cross. Bloody and bleeding. Wounds open. Real love had a crown of thorns on his head. Real love had a hole in his side. Real love had holes in his hands and holes in his feet. Real love got beat 39 lashes. Can you say amen? And for every one of the lashes, I was healed by his stripes. I am healed. Can you say amen? Will you tell somebody by his stripes you were healed? By his stripes you were saved. By his stripes you were delivered. By his stripes you were pulled out of the deep pits of degradation. And you were pulled up higher. Can you say amen? just in time will you tell the one next to you say I'm glad I am glad I got saved just in time love lifted me love saved me love brought me from a mighty long way can you shout yeah say yeah Aren't you glad he did not reject us because of our color, because of our ethnicity? He did not reject us because of our dialect. He did not reject us because of our extremely curly hair. He did not reject us because of the size of our nose. He did not reject us because of the size of our feet. But he accepted us just as we are, just as we are. And that's why he tell us to come as you are. He'll receive you as you are. Can you say amen? It does not matter what you've done and how you did it. His blood will wash it away. His blood will wash it white as snow. His blood saved me. His blood loved me. I've never been loved like this before. Can you shout glory? Will you shake somebody's hand and say, I'm in love? fell in love with Jesus the Christ. He loved me. Yeah. Yes. Somebody give him praise right there. Come on, give him praise. Oh. I know what real loves look like. I seen it modeled through the people that God touched. I know what real loves look like when I got it from my mama. I know what real love look like when she spoke into my life, when they thought that I'd never make it, that I'd die before the age of 12. I really shouldn't be here, but thanks be to God, God gave me a praying mother and father. 
who prayed for this little old boy. My God and God healed my body. Can you say amen? I'm glad I'm here today. And I'm here because of love. They love me enough to pray for me. They love me enough to put the word in me. And I'm here by divine appointment. I'm here by divine order to do what God called me to do. And y'all want to know what else? You are here by divine order. God ordered it to be so that you'll be here in 2024. And you're not here by happenstance. You're not here by coincidence. You're not here by incidental. But you are here by divine order. A divine appointment. Shake somebody's hand and say, you're here by divine order. God has you here. And you have an assignment on your life. Love kept you here. Love is keeping you here. The only reason why you're living is because of love. Love got you living. Love got you acting the way you're acting. Now, can you say amen? How can you love those folk that hate you? You love them because of what Jesus did. Can you say amen? He said, love those that hate you. Do good to them. Hallelujah. Now, you start doing good to folk huh, that don't mean you any good. Huh? Can you say amen? Uh, I know I've been changed. Uh, can you say amen? Uh, you know you've been changed. Uh, how y'all know you've been changed? Because there are some folks, if you had not been changed, you'd have slapped them long time ago. I know you've been changed. Because there are some folks, you'd have beat them up long time ago. Can you say amen? But you've been changed by the power divine. Uh, point to yourself and say, I've been changed because he loved me. Say yes. Shout yes. Uh, I know uh, that God loves me. Because what the devil meant for me, uh, what the devil meant for evil, uh, God turned it around for my good. Can you say amen? y'all wanted to give up by now but you couldn't do it God wouldn't let you do it uh, because God got something on you uh, you got something on you you don't know what it is uh, I'll tell you what it is uh, God got his hands on you uh, and he not gonna let you go you're not going out like this uh, can you say amen uh, look at the one next to you say you ain't going out like that God got greater for you. Come prophesy to him. Say, greater is coming. Coming in your way. Matter of fact, tell him, say, this is your season for a comeback. This is your season. The greatest comeback ever. Now, can you say amen? Somebody give God praise right now. I'm done. I'm done. I did more than what I wanted to do. This is 
this is the love month. I'm so glad that Jesus loved me the way I was. And he loved me so much he didn't let me stay where I was. He'll love you right where you are. But because of the power that he carries, he won't let you stay where you are. When you get in Christ, it's not like the stock market when you're going like this here. When you get in Christ, you may start here, but your grab is slowly going up this way. You are growing and you're increasing. Even with the trials, boom, I hit a try, that trial made me go higher. Hit a test, boom, that test made me go higher. You're soaring in the things of God. You're soaring in the things of God. In a nutshell, you know when I read the Bible, you know what he's telling me? If you do what I say, you can get what I got. That's what, I, that's what I read. You know, you know the reason why I say that because he's, when I read when he says, if you being, being, being evil know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more will the Father give to them that ask him? Your problem is, is that you haven't been asking right. See, sometimes we're afraid to ask because we don't feel like we measure up. But when are you going to measure up? Because all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. You just do what he tell you to do. What did he tell you? What did he tell you? This is what he told you. Ask. See, y'all already know what the answer is. You shall what? Knock. Seek. He tell you what to do. And if you do it, you can get what he got. You do what he say. You can get what he got. My wife is always doing research and stuff like that. She was coming, she came across, I don't know what, sometime this week. Richest billionaire, Christian billionaires. Christian billionaires. And you know, I begin to think, when I read the Bible, and you know, of course, money really don't have nothing to do with your salvation. But when I look at it, the richest people that ever live are the people that love God. Y'all don't believe it. Come here, Solomon. Testify for a minute. Come here, David. Will you testify too? Huh? There's many, many more in there. I'm just ones off the top of my head. But I'm just saying, when you, when you love God, God changes your life, trajectory of your life. 
the same way. Look like them creative juices start moving inside of you. And, and one thing about it, before you get, after you get saved, the stuff that you used to put emphasis on, you ain't put emphasis on that stuff no more. Then you start thinking like this. Seek first the kingdom of God and all these things will be added unto me. Wait a minute, hold on, you missed it. He said, things. What are things, people? <laughs> you know what? When I seek God, I never want for anything. Now you say, what about these people in these countries that they love God and they are poor? But watch this. You may, even though they are poor, but they are rich among their poor. Because what the other poor got and that poor got is different. Amen? Because if you think about it, if you got $100 in the bank, you're richer than 85% of the people on this entire planet. That's $100. You're richer than 85% of the people in the entire world. And we beef and cry over what we got. This ain't enough. It ain't enough. I need 20000 a month to live. Now, you know, hey, you got it like that. That's good. But listen, the Bible tells me, and I live by the principle of the Bible, learn to be content. Now, y'all know what that word content means right there? It means to be thankful for what you have. Because if you're thankful for what you have, God got a tendency of moving you up and giving you more than what you have right now. Woo! And then when you get content with that, what you got, so, oh, I can trust you with some more. Then he give you some more. Would you ask the person on your road, say, can God trust you with more? I believe you can trust some folk in here with more. I'm going to stop talking because you know this stuff be birthing while I'm up here. I'm going to stop talking. Would you bow your heads with me? If you're here today, say, you know what, Bishop, I've never experienced the love of Jesus. I've heard about him. I heard people talk about him. I heard about this salvation thing. And, you know, I've seen what folks say on TV about love. I, ser I heard that. I I've seen my fa that family love. The, the Bible even talks about Stogate, that family love. Philia, that brotherly love. I experienced that. That eros, that sexual love. I've experienced that. But today, I want you to experience agape love. I want you to experience agape. If you're here today, you say, you know what? I really want to experience. I want to know what that kind of love looks like, feels like. If you're here today, say, just raise your hand right where you're standing. Just raise your hand. You ain't, you ain't got to move. Just raise your hand and say, I want to experience that love. I want to experience that love. I want to experience that love. If you're here today, say, you know what? I did experience that love. I, I, but you know what? I need to rededicate my life back to Christ because I haven't been really walking like I should. I haven't been showing the love of God like I should. But I want to start back. If that's you, I want you to raise your hand too. 
you here today. And then thirdly, say, you know what? I, I've been coming to this church, and uh, I haven't done it yet, but I feel love in this place, and I need a church home. If that's you, I want you to raise your hand if you need a church home. Is there anyone here that needs a church home? Well, God bless you. And then fourthly, I want you to think about this for a moment. You live your life until the time where you are now. But I want you to think about this just for a moment and then I'm, I'm done with the altar call. For the rest of your life, I don't know how many days I got left or how many years, how many decades I got left, but for the rest of our lives, for the rest of your life, I want God to use me to show others what love looks like. Love don't discriminate. Love don't think about itself all the time. Service its own. It's not self-serving, self-seeking. For the rest of my life, I want God to use me to show others what love looks like. If that's you, I'm going to pray with you. I want to pray today one general prayer. If you want to come, if that's you, I want to, for the rest of my life, I want to show.